Good morning, City Church. This is City Church Together for Wednesday, July 22nd. We're headed back to the book of Revelation. This is where I am in my personal reading. And I'm going to share with you today from Revelation 18. Revelation 18. So let's start in verse 1. After this, I saw another angel with great authority coming down from heaven, and the earth was illuminated by his splendor. He called out in a mighty voice, It has fallen. No, I'm kidding. It has fallen. Babylon the Great has fallen. She has become a home for demons, a haunt for every unclean spirit, a haunt for every unclean bird, and a haunt for every unclean and despicable beast. For all the nations have drunk the wine of her sexual immorality which brings wrath. The kings of the earth have committed sexual immorality with her, and the merchants of the earth have grown wealthy from her sensuality and excess. Then I heard another voice from heaven come out of her, my people, so that you will not share in her sins or receive any of her plagues, for her sins are piled up to heaven, and God has remembered her crimes. Pay her back the way she also paid, and double it according to her works. In the cup in which she mixed, mix a double portion for her. As much as she glorified herself and indulged her sensual and excessive ways, give her that much torment and grief. For she says in her heart, I sit as a queen, I am not a widow, and I will never see grief. For this reason, her plagues will come in just one day, death and grief and famine, She will be burned up with fire because the Lord God who judges her is almighty. The kings of the earth who have committed sexual immorality and shared her sensual and excessive ways will weep and mourn over her when they see the smoke from her burning. They will stand far off in fear of torment saying, woe, woe, the great city, Babylon, the mighty city, for in a single hour, your judgment has come. The merchants of the earth will weep and mourn over her because no one buys their cargo any longer. Cargo of gold, silver, jewels, and pearls, fine linen, purple, silk, and scarlet, all kinds of fragrant wood products, objects of ivory, objects of expensive wood, brass, iron, and marble, cinnamon, spice, incense, myrrh, and frankincense, wine, olive oil, fine flour and grain, cattle and sheep, horses, carriages, and slaves, human lives. The fruit you craved has left you. All your splendid and glamorous things are gone. They will never find them again. The merchants of these things who became rich from her will stand far off in fear of her torment, weeping and mourning, saying, Woe, woe to the great city, dressed in fine linen, purple and scarlet, adorned with gold, jewels, and pearls, for in a single hour such fabulous wealth was destroyed. And that is the word of the Lord from Revelation 18. Again, we're in Revelation, an an apocalyptic book. Um, And so to... um, decode all of the ideas and metaphor here is is more than the scope of what we're trying to do um, in these short sessions together um, on these weekday mornings where we are reading meditating on scripture and and turning that into a prayer together with our church so um, I will not explain all of what we read but I did want you to have a sense of what is going on in in uh, Revelation chapter 18. The particular thing that I what I want you to notice here, and you'll find this in all of these um, 
in many of the chapters of Revelation, is that um, there is this tie between sexual immorality and money. Not only that, there is something about the way that um, the nations who have been led astray, the people who have been led astray, uh, participating in Babylon, uh, okay, so the Babylon is representative of the empire that is ruling over everyone who has all who has power or wealth and etc. Um, that that sexual immorality and wealth is the way that Babylon will um, captivate people, control people, um, particularly by their consumption. Okay, now. What happened, so sex and money are good gifts of God. Sex and money are good gifts of God. Uh, They are designed to be used in a kind of way, money in generosity and provision. Um, Sex in, uh, if you're you're following along with this through our preaching series in 1 Corinthians, this is about to um, come up uh, in the next few weeks a lot, but sex as um, a bond in marriage, as a way to, um, uh, as a way for procreation, to obey the command to be fruitful and multiply. Um, I could go on and on. Um, Yes, as a source of pleasure and cementing of relationship, as a vulnerability between a husband and wife, a man and a woman. Um, Yes, all of that is there in sex, but here we're talking about the misuse of sex. I think it's especially interesting to me that you have this, um, if you follow along in the chapters, um, the this beast, there's a picture of a beast and a pregnant woman, um, and there is uh, there is also um, this, this woman, sort of great prostitute or the whore of Babylon, that is tempting all of the nations with their sexual immorality at the same time the beast is trying to eat the child of the woman in other words you have a a picture of sex being removed from being fruitful from procreation um and haven't we done that in our culture we've separated most of us now don't think about having babies primarily with sex which is the way it's been for the world you know with the introduction of the pill uh, in the 1960s and the sexual revolution um, some of the deconstruction of the family um, that has all given itself over to a sort of freedom of choice both to um, end a child's life in the womb abortion and also um, freedom of choice, and I should not be bound by the consequences of sex. I should be able to participate in its pleasure without the sort of cementing factor that it has within a covenant. I should be able to participate in sex without the baggage of a child as, chi- as children are seen as inconveniences. Um, so I'm, I'm sort of giving you a picture of, you know, yes, I think Revelation is about an empire that was happening in the first century, but I'm giving you some of the application of the way we see that continue now. And it is astounding to me that one of the primary weapons that God, the the two primary weapons in the book of Revelation that God uses in sort of this um, both half metaphorical and kind of half real battle that's happening Um, The two weapons that he uses are the perseverance of the saints, the endurance of the saints through suffering, 
and the prayers of the saints. And the primary weapons of the enemy are consumption through sexual immorality and consumption through the the, uh, building of wealth and the buying of goods. Now, look, just for a second, you know, in that in that kind of old time religion preaching preaching voice, you know, that'll preach. Like, do you see that happening around you? Just think about that in in, in the world. It, the prayers of the saints and the perseverance of the saints are the weapons that God uses against the enemy. And the enemy is is drawing us into consumption, to consuming each other and consuming products. Um, something that's astounding about this idea of sex and money and, and empire, um, just thinking in terms of sort of liberal and conservative, um, again, let me paint with a broad brush, but for us to get a cultural understanding of what's happening around us, typically on the right, okay, with a conservative political viewpoint, um, you, you'll get a finger pointed at sexual immorality as the problem. The problem is the, the, the promiscuity of um, the sexual immoral and they're breaking down family values and, and whatever, right? On the left, you'll say, no, 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 that's not the problem. The problem is what? Well, the problem is capitalism. The problem is greed. The problem is excess. The problem is the big corporations. And I love that actually it stopped. You're both wrong and you're both right. You're both wrong and you're both right. And what we like to do, what this shows us about the human soul and one of the way that the enemy uses us against each other to fight betwixt each other instead of recognize the truth is that he, he simply has us point the finger and blame shift. You with your sexual immorality, you're the problem. You with your greed, you're the problem. And I'm going to tell you, the beast, Satan, that wily, slimy serpent, he is absolutely okay with us pointing fingers and blaming each other um, while, you know, we're in Revelation, so let's just deal with big imagery while we all fall into a lake of fire together, Okay. I don't know, let's think, that, that's an ugly picture. Consumption. Now, prayer. The endurance and the perseverance of the saints. I love how long-term that is. Endurance. Prayer. Uh, most of the time, prayer is not a short-term thing. Most of the time, prayer is not, I'll pray this and then, and then it'll happen. And most of the time, those are for frivolous things. The things that we really labor for in prayer are long-term things, and those prayers change us as we're also appealing to God by his character. Now, of course, I have summarized several chapters together in this one. The last thing I want to point out is um, the when we give ourselves over to consumption here which we see in the um um as these merchants sort of from a distance watch babylon go up in flames did you note their lament woe woe the great city dressed in fine linen purple and scarlet adorned with gold jewels and pearls for in a single hour such fabulous wealth was destroyed all destroyed Wealth that we build up, as Jesus says, that moth and rust can destroy. 
is temporary. It is fleeting. It does not keep its promise. The lie that if you fulfill your sexual desires, you will be fulfilled as a human being. You will fully grow into your identity. You will fully know who you are. You will be set free if you can just express whatever your sexual identity is. It is a lie. We are called to endurance through pain, through suffering, through difficulty as we cling to God in the presence of God. And we are called to live out the present and practice the presence of God in prayer, recognizing that he's there communing with God, knowing with God, being with God, enjoying with God, talking with God, um, uh, bringing our request to God. This is what we fight the battle with. The saints do not fight the battle with pointing out where everyone else has it wrong. The saints do not fight the battle with, um, we fight not with flesh and blood, with, you know, with rulers and principalities. It's, it's spiritual warfare. We fight with prayer and we fight with our perseverance as we wait for Jesus to return. There's lots of application of that that we won't go into this morning. Just from revelation, ask the Lord to tattoo that in your mind. The consumption of sexual immorality and greed, sexual immorality and the hoarding of wealth is what um, Babylon, uh, the whore of Babylon is using to um, hurt the kingdom of God, as it were, and the people of God. But the people fight back, the Lord's people fight back with prayer and endurance that is grounded in his promise. City Church, let's pray in that direction today for our church. Let's be silent together. Our Father in heaven, our Father who is here with us, among us, the calls to us um, to give in to um, our definitions of righteous sex, the, the calls to us to accumulate wealth and then spend that wealth on ourselves. Um, we get stingy with our money and promiscuous with our sex instead of being promiscuous with our money and stingy with our sex. And we play into the hands of the enemy when we do that. And for that, Father, we need an awakening. Repentance. The amount of time that we spend thinking about sex and money and how we can spend it on ourselves for our own pleasure pales. I mean, um, the time we spend in prayer pales in comparison to the time we spend thinking about that. There's not many um, advertisements that pump through our um, ear pods or on our computer screens or on our television screens or on billboards that advertise prayer, but there are plenty that advertise sex and the accumulation of wealth. Even in the message about sex and money, we are told, we are advertised to, that we should have things now 
You should express yourself now. You should have sexual fulfillment now. You should have wealth now. You should have this product that you didn't know existed five minutes ago, but now you need it like um, it's water because of this advertisement you just saw. You need to have it now. You need to figure out how to get it now. You need to get credit to get it now. You need to get a second mortgage because you get it now. And yet the tool that you use to fight evil in the book of Revelation is the endurance and perseverance of the saints and their prayers that our prayers typically come out of longing and waiting we are people who refuse to wait we want it now we are people who hate cultivation because it takes so long and we'd rather just consume the fruit that's already on the vine rather than dig up the soil and plant more vines so more people have And Father, where we have given ourselves to the quick nature of the quick and cheap nature of sexual immorality and accumulation of things that don't last, Father, we repent and we want to walk, practice your presence as we spend our lives in prayer and endurance because we believe your promise. And we know that as we do that, you will make us holy outposts in a dying world a city on a hill and we trust that you will make your name great among those as we are present with you you will be present with them through us thank you father for this call thank you for the triumph of the lamb thank you that revelation ends not with a lake of fire but revelation ends with heaven merging with earth into new creation and that you have invited us to be a part of it. What a gift. We praise you for it. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Spirit. Amen. City Church, go and multiply the gospel.